0: Welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, America's premier barbecue radio show. Join your host, two-time world champion Andy Groneman and friends as they sink their teeth into the finest grilling, smoking, and barbecue from coast to coast with the industry's leading pitmasters. Stay tuned for great tips, techniques, and products that will enhance your backyard experience by being a part of the Barbecue Radio Network.
1: Thank you for tuning in, and welcome to Barbecue Radio Network, where we up your barbecue with the help from legends in the barbecue world. I'm your host, Andy G., along with our executive producer, T-Bone, and my co-host, whose barbecue nachos were voted to the national must-have barbecue bucket list in Inc. Magazine, and his award-winning burn-ins aren't the only thing that's saucy, Todd Johns.
2: Hey, hey, you know, I think the nachos are actually going to the Smithsonian. I, I just got a memo this week, so... I, be good.
1: I had three chips that were left under the the patio table. <laughs> yeah, were they good? Yeah. I, I could have you sign them. Oh yeah, I could. Like I did the Stephen like Reichlin book. Exactly. You could just, that'd make them worth more though for this Miss. Absolutely. Who are we talking to today, Andy? <laughs> so I'm super excited. <laughs> Thank got, you, Todd. <laughs> yeah. We've got a new guest back today. On track, dude. Yeah. Fine. Fine. You know, you call me out for being a squirrel. We are excited to have a new guest today, and he's what I call a barbecue OG, really anything outdoor cooking. He started cooking tailgates in the late 80s. He jumped into competition barbecue in the late 90s, and after Memphis in May, he's gone through pretty much everything related to outdoor and live fire cooking. He is the pitmaster and owner of Bare Knuckles Barbecue has gone to hundreds of contests, global barbecue travel under his belt, and he is a guest cook at the Jack Daniels World Invitational where he cooks for all the competing champions up on Barbecue Hill for their kickoff party. You've probably seen him on Barbecue Pitmasters, the Travel Channel's American Grilled or Food Network's Chopped Grilled Masters. Big Jim Stansel is going to be joining us today, and I can't wait.
2: I love Jim. He is just one of the best Barbecue personalities, there is. He's so approachable, so, uh, you know, humble. But uh, this guy knows how to cook everything and he has cooked everything and he's cooked for. All kinds of people, and like you said, he's just had uh, decades of a career doing this. love talking to Jim. I can't wait to get him on
1: here. Yeah, I mean, he really is what I would call a barbecue ambassador because he'll talk to anybody that is interested about what he's doing, how he does it. Uh, He doesn't have a secret. Uh, well, just he's
2: 6'8", First of all, he's <laughs> six eight. He really is, and so he. But his personality is like seven two. Yeah, and so you get uh, you get all of Jim. He's such a memorable guy, and you know he's he's half the show, and he's catering. Oh
1: yeah, a hundred percent. And then you know when we get done with with Jim, we're going to talk in our fourth segment with Todd and expand on what we were talking about last week. Last week we were talking about smoked ingredients and and we hit on a couple of things there a couple of uh, ingredients you can try but we want to go a little deeper on that and then talk about the how how are you going to smoke those what about cold smoking cheeses and salts and all those things you know it's kind of a uh, we we were talking ingredients with sterling and then we got into that we want to go a little deeper on that cuz we think it's going to make your game a lot better but now it's time for our Ask Andy segment, which is brought to you this month by Smoke on Wheels Barbecue Marinade, which you can get, of course, at all things barbecue over at ATBBQ.com. And don't forget, you'll get yourself a Barbecue Radio Network T-shirt if we use your question. And how many uh, how many barbecue Bibles do we have left, T-Bone? Uh, we're down to single digits. All right. So you're still going to get a signed... Barbecue Bible from Stephen Reichlin. He signed copies and provided those to us to celebrate the 25th anniversary. We're going to not let Todd sign the back cover of this one, but that's okay. Oh, man. I had my pen already. had my Sharpie all ready to go. Oh, man. I know.
2: I know. It's tough. So what do you got for us, T-Bone? Billy Holland, who is in
0: Georgia. Thanks, guys, for taking my question. My competition barbecue team, the Q Crew... Have competed in eight backyard events in the past year. Have got calls in all but one. Do you think we should give a pro event a shot and see where we stand? I am a member of the Georgia Barbecue Association, but have not competed in a pro event yet. Thanks again. Love the show. All right.
1: Well, so that's an interesting question. And part of the reason is because, most of the backyard events are a two category event. It's usually ribs and chicken. Um, and they do that so that you can get your feet wet in the, in the format of I'm showing up, I'm setting up, I'm cooking. I turn into judges and, and then I get a score and I pack up and leave. Right. So you're, it's to get somebody wet in that, but committing to, and, and I, I hate the term pro event. Uh, you can call it like a master's series or something, or, uh, but, uh, you know, everybody that's doing this or 90 95% of the people doing it are hobbyists. Uh, so it's not like you're going to be, when you hear pro event, you might think you're going to be up against. Uh, all professional chefs and James Beard Award winners and whatever, and or, or people that are being paid to do it, right? Yes, I mean, or people that are being. When paid. I hear
2: pro, I think you know they're being compensated, and they're you know they're not. They're just they're just operating at a, a different level, and and like you said, the four categories, the bigger meats, the beer commitment. So yeah, I, I think pro is kind of a misnomer.
1: Yeah. So you've got essentially for your question there. If you want to step into a a a full contest or a KCBS type contest, I, I'm all for it. You know, go for that. Just the the understanding that you need to have is you'll be cooking four meats. Two of them are a longer cook. So you're committing more time. You're committing basically two days instead of a day, and you're probably doubling your cost in terms of the proteins you gotta buy to cook the event. And then you got your entry fees and stuff. Now Lots of local businesses and things will help you with a little gas money or help you with some of your meat costs to throw a banner up and things like that. So, You know, you can get some assistance, too. Yeah, give them some leftovers.
2: You know, you're going to cook probably a couple briskets and a couple pork butts, so give them some leftovers when you're done. They might throw you a little cash for that, too, to help offset that.
1: So, but, yeah, definitely jump in. If you're interested in competing, there's no reason not to compete, and that's the best way to learn, too, by the way, is to get out and do it. And I'd, I'd say even if you were thinking of doing a class or something like that, go ahead and compete several times before you do that, because then you'll have an idea of the things that you're going to really want to hone in on in the class.
2: Hey, and if you haven't judged a pro competition, if you haven't judged one of those, go judge. Go take a judging class and find out kind of what the criteria is and and go taste the food. I mean, judging is a great opportunity for cooks to get a chance to see what other people are turning in.
1: Yeah, and you'll also get to see that, you know— There's a reason that some of the same people's names get called over time. Number one, they're out there doing it a lot, so the frequency of their cooks, they've got it down, but in general, you're going to taste some good stuff when you judge, and you're going to taste some bad stuff, so you'll get a good idea for what is floating around out there and what your own palate likes. So Another good thing you could do, though, is you could also go to a regular uh, barbecue contest just check it out, see what's going on there, and find a team that might be willing to mentor you. I know at uh, at the contests that I go to, they are always at the judge or at the uh, cooks team meetings. Usually, the KCBS rep will say something to the effect of, "Are there any new teams here? If anybody is anybody willing to help or mentor a team." Um, there's always some of that going on, so you could find a team potentially that you could tag along with.
2: Absolutely, I mean that's how we met, Andy, and look how far you've come with my mentoring <laughs> that I gave you years
1: ago. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what
2: it is. So, Andy was your intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy was. Andy's more of a disciple, I think. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, great point. And, and my, m- you know, my advice would be if, if someone does allow you to come under their tent and, and cook with them, you know, b- understand that they're there for that. And they're going to, they're going to give you tips and show you some things, but, you know, be respectful that this is what, you know, they're there for. And, you know, sometimes you let people into your tent and it's like a thousand questions and, you know, just understand.
1: Yeah, you, you want to make sure that you're uh, playing nice there. So next segment we're going to be talking with Big Jim Stansel pit master, barbecue ambassador and owner of Bare Knuckles Barbecue Check out his website, bareknucklesbarbecue.com Coming up, it's Big Jim Stansel right here on Barbecue Radio Network
3: We build a You have a better recipe for when you grill. Better ingredients, better cuts of meat, and because you're using a grill from Holstein Manufacturing, well, a better grill. You take grilling seriously, and at Holstein Manufacturing, we make a serious grill. Find your new grill now at HolsteinMFG.com. We build a
0: grill. Holstein
1: Manufacturing.
3: Holstein Manufacturing. We build the grill.
1: Welcome back to the award-winning Barbecue Radio Network. I'm Andy G, along with executive producer T-Bone and my co-host, Plowboy's own Todd Johns. And we've got a new guest this week. And as I said last segment, he is an OG. He was doing tailgates in the 80s and every kind of live fire event you can think of in the 90s after his first run at Memphis in May. He's cooked a couple hundred contests, hundreds of events. You've seen him on Barbecue Pit Masters. You've seen him on American Grilled. Food Network's Chopped Grill Masters. He's the owner of Bare Knuckles Barbecue. Welcome, Big Jim Stancil to the show. What's going on, Jim?
3: Hey, well, I don't even know how to respond to all that <laughs> foolishness and stuff. Man, holy crap. Now I really feel old now. So, um, no, man, I'm happy to be here talking to you guys. I mean, I've known both of you guys for a long time, and I've done events with both of you at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah
1: multiples. And, um... Speaking of events, we were just talking about you've, I mean, you don't ever take a break. You've had more NFL cooks scheduled and going than, uh, you know, we we were at the draft, but you got, you had a draft party. You got Jets parties coming. Tell me a little bit about the cooks coming up.
3: Well, you know, I I, I just got friends with a lot of these folks. And so what happens is, is the NFL really does stand for not for long and these guys get shipped off to another place or they do whatever and so the difference is is they become like us they're 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 regular people they just work really hard at what they do and so um they call me and say hey man come up here we're gonna feed these guys and so either get in a truck or on a plane or do whatever and so it becomes this dance because y'all know this y'all are football people too so there's a certain amount of time between when OTAs and camp and all that starts and then the season and all. And so what they do is there's only a limited amount of days. And so it keeps me really busy in those short time spans, you know, late May, early June, middle of June, and then it goes into August and, and then the season starts. And so it's, it's a, it's a tough business for me too, but man, it's a lot of fun. You know, you get to just do what you do and, the guys and the folks and the fellows are all really appreciative. They don't, they don't get to eat like that every day. And, um, and they don't get to cut up with people, you know, that are just, we just ride around and cook stuff. So they don't, they love the fact of that because they all love to grill and cook.
2: (laughs) It, so when you're, when you're preparing a menu for an O-line uh, or, or just the whole team or whatever, what are some of the things on that? And like, do you just plan like five pounds a person or what? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, what happens a lot of times is when you're doing coaches and staff members and stuff, it's a different kind of group. They eat a little more reserve than the O-line, but if you're doing the O-line, you're automatically thinking big meat. You're thinking protein uh, is your primary objective you did very rarely do we throw any mac and cheese and stuff in there mostly you know we do skirt steak tacos i'll make all the condiments the sauces everything to go with it you know and then i'll make a crazy dessert out of you know something that's high carb and peanut butter pie something like that or i'll make cinnamon rolls and then i'll make the cream cheese icing for them and um um i'll make little uh megan game you know megan did that thing on the show where uh, they call it monkey bread or whatever and she made it in the can yeah megan Dave um, from Burton finger yeah right yeah. right so i make that but i make it in a larger
1: <laughs> in a larger version everybody gets a can
3: well it everybody from, gets a quarter of a pan anyways because you know you're using biscuit dough and stuff so you cut them up they're the size of a golf ball by the time they cook and and um so
2: instead of of monkey bread it's gorilla bread or something like that it's gorilla bread man. and i
3: and i make i'll make two quarts of cream cheese icing two quarts and these dudes just they go to town on it, man they don't sometimes i'll make a a jack caramel sauce or something like that to drizzle over them and um but but they love that somebody made it kind of thing and i and i feel like whatever we do and whatever i've always done is if you make it, I don't care. Even if you it's always gonna be better than something that you buy in a container and pop open and dump in a bowl. You know what I mean? It just there's just no comparison. It's the it's the prep. It's all the things you need to do to make it taste better. So I, like a
1: And it's so funny you mentioned that because we were talking with Smitty uh on the last episode about just flavors in general and how making your own sauces is a game change. It it totally brings it to a whole different level. And it can be a simple, the most simple sauce you can think of. It's just a chimichurri or a gremolata or anything. If you make it from scratch, it just makes a huge difference.
2: And this is why Jim takes like three, four days to prep for a catering because he's he is doing everything from scratch.
3: It, 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 for the most part, yeah. I mean, if I make a teriyaki sauce, for example, or a glaze, I mean, it's it's not like a regular teriyaki because I'm chopping up whole fingers of ginger and um, putting them in a pot with some soy and some brown sugar and some garlic and some white pepper stuff. And then I'll cook that stuff down till it's a syrup because, you know, you're just and it tastes a hundred times better. I I mean, look, Kikamans makes great teriyaki sauce. And if I'm in a pinch and I'm somewhere and I ain't got I can't make it. I'll buy that, but for the most part, I'll make time to make those things, and that will taste better with less sugar than something that's just yeah I, I, processed. Something that's something that's processed, and and it, it, like you said, if you make a chimichurri, man, you can't replicate cutting those herbs and mixing it up and throwing it together and then serving it later that day or the next day. You can't. You can't replicate that by buying that stuff in a jar. It just—I don't care who you are. It, it's just not the same.
1: Yeah, there, there's just no no way to 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 make it any like that. And no, no, no. So you know, and, but when you're not doing that kind of work, prepping for your events, when I'm out on Instagram, I'm looking at your at your cutting boards, man, and you have got. Some pretty darn amazing stuff going on there. I want I want Whoa. you to talk a little bit about that. There's a a, a couple of pecan ones that were out there. I saw some pretty sweet yeah. uh, epoxy in those things. Like give it, right. give me the rundown on the boards, man. Well, thanks.
3: Yeah. Um. So what I try to do is I try not to buy dimensional lumber. I try not to do. Anything. I try to I try to reclaim or or make the best use out of stuff that is already either being cut down, pushed down, or standing dead and cut up. Instead of just throwing in a burn pile or putting it in the landfill, I try to use these things and give them a second chance. I get a lot of older type wood. Some of that wood you see in there on that pine and stuff, it's 200 plus years old. I mean, it's it's cut off a building's built in the 1800s. and You know, pine trees then, they just gathered them up from wherever the building was. I mean, they, they cut them down. They'd run the mules over there, pull them back. And so, those trees sometimes took 100 years to get that size. Yeah. And, Uh, They were doing some, I was watching some stuff the other day. They had some oak trees that they said must've been two or 300 years old when they put the houses up, you know, the log or the, uh, you know, those frame houses and um, pole barns and stuff. And they said some of these trees could have been two or 300 years old. And then 150 years, they've been
1: standing in an A-frame barn or something, you know? So. Yeah, that's crazy. So. So Of course, we're talking with Big Jim Stansel. Check out his website, bareknucklesbbq.com. Follow him on social media with the handle at BBQBigJim. And when we get back here in just a little bit, we're going to pick his brain on going behind the scenes on spit-roasted lamb. Uh, We're going to... Talk about what it looked like when he cooked that at the Jack, because I still have, you know, I wake up in a sweat sometimes in the night after eating (laughs) some of that. So we're going to be talking more with Big Jim next, right here on Barbecue Radio Network. When it comes to barbecue, every pit master should start with the best beef and pork possible. That's why the top-rated barbecue restaurants from Texas to North Carolina choose Creekstone Farms Premium Black Angus Beef and All-Natural Duroc Heritage Pork. Go to shop.creekstonefarms.com and get the same briskets, burgers, ribs, and steaks served around the country, delivered right to your door. Use promo code RADIO and get 10% off your entire order. Welcome back to Barbecue Radio Network with my co-host, Pitmaster extraordinaire, Todd Johns, and our executive producer, T-Bone. I'm Andy G, and we are talking with Big Jim Stansel, owner of Bare Knuckles Barbecue, an amazing ambassador of barbecue, and I say that because he does act as a brand ambassador for brands like Royal Oak, Certified Angus Beef, but he is also an amazing ambassador to anyone that is interested in outdoor or live fire cooking, you know, you're going to eat well and have a great time at any event that he's a part of. And he really just loves to share that with you. So, welcome back, Jim. Um, and we're, I want to dive right in and talk about, you know, speaking about. How, you know, you engage that crowd and and keep people going, man, that spit roasted lamb is amazing. And when we had that up at barbecue Hill on the Jack, that was just it was magical back there in the corner where you were doing that. So tell us how that comes to pass. How do you make that happen?
3: You know, we chunk a lot of times. George, who was the owner of Primo Grills, and um, he's Greek. Everybody knows that if anybody knows George um and lamb is their deal you know um and he would say we're gonna do the lamb we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and so we would start putting it on the spit and roast it and then the other stuff we would put we would actually take pork butts and cut them up and just shove them on those spit rods and cut them as they turned and everybody thinks oh you got to cook that pork till it's like falling off or whatever but realistically as hot as that fire is underneath there on that spit it's cooked in a few minutes. So you can constantly cut it. You know, you know, you see them cutting those vertical ones, the, the, Oh yeah. uh, yeah. Even the pastor tacos (laughs) and stuff with the pineapples and they cut them up. It's the same thing. I mean, 10 minutes or five minutes spinning around there and it'll cook. Um, and we just use really three or four ingredients. You know, we use some olive oil, some garlic and some oregano, some, a little pepper and some salt and that's it. And, um, Usually, we made tzatziki from scratch, which I can tell you right now. If you have never made it from scratch and you eat it, it's night and day. Same thing doing the prep, um, but it just requires a little prep. You can make it in about thirty minutes, enough to feed hundreds of people. If you just got the Greek yogurt and the sour cream and stuff, it works out really well. But yeah, it is a it is a hot fire, and you just let that thing go, and you just grab a pan somebody holds a pan, you cut it off of there and you just hold on because I don't care how many gloves or how long your shirt sleeves are, or what kind of muffin mitts you got on your hands, it's going to be hot and you're <laughs> going to lose all your hair. So, um, but that's just part of it. I mean, that's, that's the glamorous life we leave out there. Um, Carving meat off a of lot what the kids call live fire cooking hey, these if, days we if, just
2: if you ain't sooty and sweaty you ain't cooking <laughs> that's
3: right if, if if a little bit of your sweat don't drop on that it ain't gonna taste good i know people freak out about that but you know what man it, you're in there cooking and working and it's hot and that sweat's dead in a second because it's it's 12 1400 degrees right there man and most people will never understand how glamorous it is to get that meat on there and cut it. Now, once you're done and you're standing around and people are hollering at you for more and, and I used to kind of hold them hostage, you know? And the reason being is we wanted to go up there and have fun. So we would make 10 or 15 little samples and then we would have a Jack Daniels cause the bar was right behind us. And then <laughs> when we got done having a, having a sip or two, we'd start making some more and people just started standing there. They wouldn't leave their place in line, even though we were just sitting on the chair looking at them. <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> Megan came up there and helped me one time, and we did uh, tacos. And I had these little stainless steel taco holders, but I had like a bunch of them, so you can make twenty five tacos at once. Nice. So we had t- flour, and we had corn tortillas that we had grilled. We had tons of skirt steak we got from uh, certified Angus beef, and then we had made—I had made all the condiments, everything radishes red onions jalapenos you know uh tomatillo salsa everything and we would line these tacos up (laughs) and we would megan and uh uh, Jason, jace and her husband they would start putting them in the little boats and they would hand them out and they go okay we got to make some more i said oh no no we're not making any more we're gonna hang out for a
1: second
3: <laughs> and we're on and big some, gym time yeah. yeah you're on we're on we're on the hill we're gonna drink if you can't have a little cocktail on top of that hill you ain't got no business being there that's so, right um so we would just do that and it got to be this little game. Some people would meme of the crap out of us, you know, looking at me, Some I want my taco, you know. Um, other people would just stand there and wait for to do it. I mean, because we've done lamb. We've done pork belly sliders. And, I remember the beef belly 2019.
2: <laughs> you guys <laughs> that, did that oh, beef belly that just sat there and basted it. Oh, man. I
3: mean, it was, was good. Nasty good, man. And uh, I still cook that now. I mean, most people. You know, most – the pork belly I see out there, they just chunk it up, and they call it burn-ins or whatever, and I'm like, it's uh, – Blasphemy. It's not bacon. It's pork belly. And um, i let mine – I shrink wrap. I've got a vacuum sealer, so I'll shrink wrap it, and I'll put dry rub on it for 10 or 12 days mostly. And then I'll take it out, wash it off, reapply the rub, cook it, and then I'll cut, I'll want it. Once it comes off, I'll put some brown sugar and some honey on it to chill it because I'm usually using spicy on there. And then I'll throw it in the box and let it cool off. And then I'll bag it and freeze it. And the reason I do that is because I'm going to take it out and cube it or slice it or grill it or do something with it when I take it out. But you can't just make that stuff overnight. It takes 10 or 12 days to marinate. So, um, and it took me about a year to get that like I wanted it, but I can take a piece that I just cook. And a piece that I've had that was in the dry rub, and it's two different bites all together. And so it, again, falls into that preparation thing. And I don't think that people realize how much work goes into something that may just be two bites. Now, I know you get that, and we get that from the contest part of it. But contest barbecue and food you cook for people, two different things all together and, um,
1: oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and it, somebody could need a plate of contest barbecue because it's got so much done to it. It's so rich that, that you just can't do it.
3: There's so many phosphates and things into that and so much salt. and it, 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 Well, because you're just trying to get one bite. And I want some, I mean, I've watched some of these football guys eat pork belly like it was popcorn. I mean, just, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's going to be, that's going to be so, but it's not something you eat every day. Uh, But I look at it as a, uh, as a, this is, and we never have enough for, for like the whole meal. We usually put that out first and people will go by and pick it up with a toothpick or they'll grab it or whatever. And you know, it's just, it's so tender. It doesn't, and it's not gelatinous, like regular pork belly, what they would call I don't know roasting. Yeah, because by
1: the time you get brazing,
3: brazing,
1: yeah, and by the time you get fourteen days on a on a rub or in a uh, basically a cure in cryo, you're gonna change the texture of that meat too. It has
3: a different color too. Even though you wipe it all off, it has a. Well, I I say how that's how I know it's done is I just walk in there and start tapping it, or I pick it up and it'll firm up to a certain degree. Um, And I try not to use. Uh, and I don't. I'm not pimping them up here, but I use the Cheshire pork. Yep, pork belly, the skin off, and it. Even though it's more expensive right now, it. I feel like it's the best product that I've ever used. I've used Duroc and it's good, but it's just not the same comparison.
1: The so, the meat actually, I think, has a different pH, and you get a a redder, richer meat with those Cheshire bellies. I've, I've used those. It's so
3: good, man. It's
1: well now, see, now you got me wanting to go ahead and, and rock out some pork belly and get some beef belly. uh, The beef
3: they call it beef navel. So if you go to a place to get it from your thing, they're going to call it boneless navel or beef navel. It's, uh, and I saw it when we went to, um, Amarillo and, um, would certified angus beef actually when we went in the processing plant i go yep is that is that belly and they're like yeah i said all that he said yeah he said that's all this is going to japan and i went really and i said so i when i came out of the processing plant when they let us have our phones back i called i texted my sales guy buckhead beef and i said y'all got beef navel there he goes, yep. I said, put me a case on order as soon as I get back. I'm picking it up.
1: Thank you so much, Jim. Head on over to Instagram and follow him at Jim. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Todd about smoked ingredients right here on Barbecue Radio Network.
0: Barbecue Radio Network is heard on radio stations from Hawaii to Florida. If you have a business centered around barbecue or the backyard lifestyle, please consider advertising with us. Contact us through our Facebook page or website at bbqradionetwork.com.
1: Welcome back to Todd and Andy here on the Barbecue Radio Network. This segment is brought to you by Holstein Manufacturing. Check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. They have NSF certified cookers and grills and, of course, corn roasters. I'm still waiting for mine, by uh, the way. I want the,
2: I want the countertop cone roaster for sure. I, I don't know if they have one.
1: No, but I, want they one. Don't. I don't think <laughs> like so. Like an
2: air fryer kind of thing.
1: <laughs> I wish
0: they'd make one no, for wait, us. Well, we're talking like, what, 500 ears of corn an hour, wasn't it, or something?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, this, I want the I'll take the smaller one, two fifty. Two hundred and fifty yeah. years. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, that'll but, that'll sit on your countertop. And <laughs> they do those in mobile event and catering rigs as well. So definitely check them out at HolsteinMFG.com. Man, ah, big gym. <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate that some of the things that happened off air
2: couldn't get aired (laughs) (laughs) like man that guy he's just he's just one of the greatest personalities in barbecue and he can he can spin a yarn like nobody i'm just
0: gonna i'm I'm gonna build a one-man show around this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah you could definitely do that and just and you know and you get this theme from the guests that are on it's it's all about just Committing to the grind and doing it yeah. and to to do things at the level that they do it at, whether it's a Steven Reichlin, Smitty, uh, Megan Day, like you hear and and Jim Stancil, you hear the same thing out of all of them. They're all going someplace or doing something, and it's all about that customer experience, and it's all about the ingredients, all the way down to the, you know, specific thing. And It really does make a difference. And then you get to go do the stuff like he's, like he said, this is NFL season. So from now through the end of June, he's going to be doing stuff with the Falcons, the Titans, all over the place. Yeah, And it's because of that huge personality and the amazing food.
2: Well, if you've ever been on the line with Jim, you know, when he's serving – everyone's getting a little taste of Jim. (laughs) What the thing too, right? And, And you just love it. And you know, the, the thing that's consistent about all the people you talked about is they're not lucky to get to do the things they're doing, you know, Jim is cooking for all these NFL teams and it's not because of luck. It's because he's he works his tail off and he does everything from scratch. And he's he's really bringing that quality experience and authenticity. Those, yeah. And the authenticity to these guys and you can and, tell the passion. Absolutely. He's not going to cut corners. I was going to say, that's one of the things he said off the air
0: was, you you have to love it while you're hating it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a grind and you don't like
1: it, but that's what we do. And like he said, if you're sitting on Barbecue Hill in Lynchburg at the Jack Daniels World Invitational... Uh, you're going to serve a few and then you're going to have a little cocktail with everybody waiting in line and then you're going to serve a few and it's part of the experience. It's part of the fun of and the banter and standing there waiting for that lamb to come off, right? Yeah. But it's like, is he going to slice it yet? What are we going to do? I'm going to stand here and, hey, Jim, do you need another one? Like, I'm going to go get you a cocktail. Let's. Yeah, and, and
2: you know, don't start, like, getting after him because he's going to get after you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty soon, you're going to be the show. <laughs> well,
1: we're, we're going to have more uh, more fun with him on future shows for sure there's so much uh, that we could go with there so but for now it's time for all things barbecue product spotlight and their website is atbbq.com. All Things Barbecue has all the tools and accessories you need to take your barbecue to the next level. You'll have your neighbors jumping over the fence to get a taste. So get fired up and get the supplies to do it at atbbq.com. So what do you got for us, Todd?
2: Well, normally I'm looking for things that I want but and don't have, but this one I actually have. And it is one of the best... One of the coolest, one of the most versatile temperature probes that are out there, and it's the Fireboard Spark. So if you're familiar with Fireboard, you know, they're the remote monitoring. You can hook it up to your Wi-Fi, your Bluetooth, and with six different probes, you can have an ambient probe checking the temperature of the pit. You can have other probes into different pieces of meat or in different parts of uh, a bigger cut. And you can get all of that stuff through your phone, and and it'll create logs of different cooks that you've done in the past. Create high and low temp alarms. It can create temp alarms, and then if you have a particular fan that can be controlled, they also can control the fan, which controls the temperature, and all of that remotely. And so, it's
1: built into the Yoders too. I use that functionality all the time on my Yoders. So love
2: Fireboard, right? Love the love the, uh, and it's really. To me, one of the things you have to have as a, as a pit master is, you know, especially at home, you really have to have something that's monitoring for you um, so that you're not opening up all the time. You can walk away from it and do something for, for a little bit. But anyway, the Spark is a, a handheld thermometer and for $149, which seems like a lot, but with that, you're getting an instant read thermometer. Uh, which there are a lot of them out there, but this has fireboard technology built into it, and you can put a single probe into it. So now all of a sudden, your handheld thermometer can go with you anywhere and be a fireboard device and be a temp a a, a thermometer that you can do a quick read on meat so fireboard spark really cool love mine a lot it's
1: 149 dollars. it's a bit of a commitment but it is totally worth it and here's the other thing that's cool and i don't know if you've played with this feature yet but it can be the monitor for a probe in a pit too so Mm. let's say you don't have your phone on you You can just stand that on the kitchen counter and it will monitor what is going on in the pit through whatever probe is there. So it can be the receiver or the transmitter and it can, it's an instant read too. Yeah, Phenomenal piece of equipment. Awesome. I I would recommend to anybody just Google
0: good housekeeping fireboard spark. They reviewed it.
1: They raved about it. Yeah.
2: It's a great, it's a great item.
1: Yep, so definitely check that out. You can pick that up over at atbbq.com. So we were talking last week about smoking ingredients and really trying to bring more flavor to the ingredients that you're using in what you're doing to build your dish as opposed to just the whole piece of protein or the whole vegetable itself. And we, we talked about a couple of things. We talked about maybe grilling some fruit or smoking salt, smoking honey was the one that Todd brought up first. And let's get back into that, Todd. Let's talk about maybe how we do some of those things and what we can do to like amp those flavors to take stuff to the next level. So, yeah,
2: we didn't really talk about the how to and, and really, On the ingredient side, there may be a couple of different things that you're trying to achieve. It could be that you're trying to get smoke into the salt or smoke into the honey. The other thing is you may want a little char. And so when I'm doing like salsa verde... I'm going to take and probably use my big green egg and get a nice little fire going and take my ingredients for uh, my salsa verde, chili verde, my tomatillos, onion, garlic, uh, peppers. I love poblano and everything. Yep. And I'll char them up and bring some of that char into the dish too. And that brings some of that flavor. So you're getting the, the smoke and smoke roasted, but you're also bringing in some of the char. One of them that I found really interesting is that you can actually smoke sugar and sugar, you know, at any temperature, high temperature is going to melt. But if you cold smoke, which is usually a 70, 80, 90 degree range, um, you can actually, you know, smoke maybe a sugar cube or you take some sugar and put it on a sheet pan um, and put it in there and you could, you could smoke uh, your sugar too. If you're doing something like salt, or even paprika. You want to smoke your own paprika. Um, you can take that to a higher temperature. You can go to 225. Let that go for 12 hours um, and just really get you know a good smoke on it. So um, you know, what are some of the things that that you like to do? I know you like to you know make chimichurris and things like that.
1: Yeah. So I'll take all of my peppers: so poblanos, anchos, jalapenos, onions. And if I'm making a salsa or a chimichurri, I will typically smoke or roast half of the ingredients. So for like a salsa, I'm going to grill and get some smoke on half of the onions I'm using, half of the peppers, and then the tomatoes as well. And then I get some that are still that fresh, crispy bright flavor and then i get some that have that nuanced earthy smokiness to them and get a little bit of char on them as well and for drinks i love to grill the fruit that is going to be in the drink so if i'm making like a fitzgerald i'm going to smoke or grill those lemons so that i get some of that you know sugar that's broken down and has a little bit more of that character to it so just amazing stuff that you can do with those kind of ingredients yes think out of the box yeah exactly well we want to thank Big Jim Stancil for being on the show again check him out at bareknucklesbbq.com or follow him on Instagram at bbqbigjim. Jim don't forget to head on over to atbbq.com pick up our product of the month Smoke on Wheels Barbecue Marinade thank you all for tuning in and listening for T-Bone Todd and myself thanks for tuning in and we'll keep the pits lit till next time here on Barbecue 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 Radio Network.
0: Check out Barbecue Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like.